my seven-year-old, he, he has understood what death means at a really young age. He doesn't believe in killing anything unless you're going to eat it. All the anti-hunter has to do is put a picture of some Disney character that's a bear and be like, save the bears, and boom, they got him. Our marketing has to be a lot better, and our, the, the way we go about it needs to be a lot better. Oh, don't get me started on that. This expo is already starting to rub me the wrong way. I might as well just come out and say it so I can vent a little bit. Get all the mistakes done on the cheap tags, over-the-counter stuff, or whatever. You know, then when the real tag comes in, you're ready to go. You're like, you're ready. I, I'm choosing my fights, but I, I definitely want to pick some more fights. I'm fighting for my sons to be able to hunt when they get to, to that age. That's where it comes down to. This is Samson, and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. I've been blessed to harvest 22 of the 29 North American animals with my bow. My personal 24-hour record for death threats is 88. They will start putting two and two together and realize this is how you call bulls in. So when I go hunting now, that's the ethos I take with me. You know, whatever whatever this hunt is going to throw at you, you pull your big girl pants up and you get on with it. Giant bucks are freaking awesome. They're beautiful. But you know what? I would not trade this first buck for anything in the world. So I'm really, I'm a geek. Magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> I shit you not, man. I'm the biggest dork in the gun business. I'm Freddie Hartice, Hollywood Hunter. This is Aaron Snyder. Hey, this is Trevin Stoltzfus with Outback Outdoors. This is Rihanna Carey. Hi, this is John Sloan of the Interviews with the Haunting Masters. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative, brought to you as part of the Waypoint Podcast Network. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, y'all, so hopping into today's episode, uh, I'm here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Western Hunt Expo, uh, so you guys can expect to hear a lot more background noise in the next several podcasts, because you guys know how much I love to record out here, but uh, after five years, five, coming I mean, this March will be five years for the podcast, um, he is back, episode number two, the the, the podcast that really turned this into a hunting podcast from back in living country in the city days but uh samson we're here we're back <laughs> it's, I, it makes me uh it doesn't seem like it was that long ago so uh it's, it's good to be back it's weird because it seems like it doesn't seem like that long ago but at the same time it's but a seems lot like a happened. different lifetime as well sure. yeah it's like a weird thing you know coming in and I remember talking to you about starting a, you know, it was like, cause I came in and uh, we're eyeballing each other, like across the meeting room, like mm-hmm. you're wearing a, you're wearing a Kuyu puffy or something. And I'm sitting there with a real tree cover on my laptop and, and I'm like, okay, I got to go talk to this guy. 
I got to, I got to like suss them out a little bit, you know, but I'm like, it's the music industry and we run a vegan music festival. So I got to, I got to be a little tactful as to whether or not, you know, how I approach this. So um, I remember walking in, walking into your office, you're on the phone or something, you're talking with someone and I kind of look, I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I approach this guy? And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I see the elk bugling on your screensaver. I'm like, okay, that's good. Then it swaps to the next photo of like diagrammed out cuts of meat. I'm like, okay, I think I'm fine to talk to this guy. <laughs> Those are the signals I need to put up just so people know. You know oh, yeah. It, uh, it keeps the people away that I don't want to talk to. And then it, you know, sucks in the people that, you know, I want to actually have conversations <laughs> with. Yeah. And, I, you know, I mean, shoot, we talked for like two hours at that point. Um, yeah. You put me on the podcast to listen to and uh, gear to check out and uh, put me on to Elk 101 at the time yeah. and like all of these different resources. Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, that was... That was, uh, I think Corey had just, was just launching that too. So that was, it, it, it was, it was, I think it, it was, was like fairly the second new. year of it or something. Like yeah. it was, but when it, he really started stuff, to push it yeah. out and then that's when, uh, you know, I got a little bit more involved and was just trying to help him with his website and everything else. But it, it, it's kind of weird how everything kind of collided. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, really, so you're the, I mean, I was getting into hunting, but I, I genuinely blame you for all of this. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's probably my fault. So. It, it really okay. is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, mean I, didn't, uh, I didn't pursue you and, and stalk you and, and make you a hunter, but uh, I, I could have been somewhat of the catalyst. Um, I, mean, I definitely didn't tell you not to do it. You, you opened a few doors for me, and you pointed at the other doors I needed to go through and figure out. Like... You know, and everyone's got their, like, a different way they've gotten out hunting. You know, and that's part of what I love asking people on the podcast, like, mm. from day one. How did you get introduced yeah. to hunting? What's your story behind it? Because it's so different with everyone. And then, you know, some people, they've got, like, a mentor they hunt with, through, you know, blah, 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 all this, you know, through the rest of life. It was it was different. Like you didn't take me out hunting and like, okay, this is how you shoot a bow, but you told me how to figure that stuff out, mm. which, you know, and there's also a big difference me coming in, in my mid thirties versus, yeah. you know, that somebody you're starting as a, you know, as a youth, but yeah, it's all your fault. All your fault. So be it. All of this money take- I've spent. Do you know how rich I would be? <laughs> no. <laughs> You would have spent it on something else and then oh, not have anything for it. Yeah, I'd probably still be working at, in the music industry. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, man. You'd still be in L.A. <laughs> See, uh-huh, exactly. So I helped you out. You're welcome. Sorry, I, gotta, I feel like I need to brush my teeth now. Right? Just, uh, uh-huh. yeah. No, but I mean, it's been quite a few seasons. The, uh, the first disastrous elk season that, that I think everyone's that listened to this Well, you had to get is, that out of the way. Yeah, everybody has like somewhat of a disaster. Normally, it's with like their vehicle or something, but you know, some people cut vehicle themselves, drop down. arrows. Some people stab knees break the legs. Uh, you went for it, you know. Double. What'd you do? B- both knees, right? Both knees. Yeah. Both knees. Yeah. Uh, the second day was the first knee. Mm-hmm. Third day was the second knee, and oh, they're just a little overworked. I can push through it. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not so much. Not so much at all. But yeah, I re- I remember the. Uh, the first conversation I remember after you got up there was that there's no elk, there's wolf tracks, and my battery and my uh, my battery packs are almost dead. And it just and the, and every message was like I'm at you know this percentage and then I'm at this percentage. 
you know, just going to go. It, it was, uh, I mean, that, that could have been a, a podcast in itself, just kind of the play-by-play, you know. It, oh. You know, the one thing is, it's good you didn't go up there just without telling anybody. Because the fact oh, yeah. that you, you know, that's one thing I, I'm glad you listened on. Start a group message, get a bunch, you know, get people involved. That's something that, I mean, I, I solo hunt... 99% of the time. I scout with other people, or I, sometimes I've camped with other people, but I'm hunting by myself. But I, you know, I've, I've evolved into, like, a written hunt plan. I've dropped it off at the sheriff station. I, mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've hunted where I have the sheriff on my, you know, texting back and forth, where he'll text me, like, hey, you, I haven't heard from you in four days. You good? And I'm like, oh, I'm tagged out. I'm already on my way home. <laughs> um, but it does make a big difference. I mean, satellite messaging has changed the uh, the confidence level, and then like, I, I think a lot of people that have uh, you know other halves, their spouse, their girlfriends, you know boyfriends, whoever it ends up being. Um, before, when you had no communication, you know they lose their mind, and you know going hunting was always like that, you know that that, that fake smile of like, oh, you're going to enjoy yourself, but they were always like terrified that you're going to get stuck out there. Yeah. Which when you did get stuck out there, vehicle stuck, blow out your knees, whatever it is. Before we had that, you know you were stuck and you, you might, it might take a while. I think, I think now people have that, um, you know, they have a little bit of security, but I think that it's almost a false sense. in in some ways, like they just think that I'm going to pick up an in reach or a go zero or something similar and I'm good. Well, you know, you could lose that or that could blow out. Mm -hmm. No one knows where you're hunting. Then, you know, it's like, that's just, you you have to have somewhat of a network. And, And it was great because you had somebody on the Montana side. We had a couple people on the Idaho side, and, you know, then you have my wife or girlfriend at the time, you know, she was just like control center. She was trying to figure out where everybody was, mediate, you know, figure out like, okay, you know, where, where exactly is he, you know, and, you know, does he need, do we need to come from the Montana side, you know, that kind of stuff. But having that support, you know, that if you have that kind of yeah. support system, then you, then you almost can just go for it every single time. You just well, like, go, that in just, reach, just go. It, that in reach is a tool. It's a great tool, but unless you know how to use your tool effectively sure. it's not going to do you any good yeah it, i could yeah i could have that in reach and i could reach out to people but if i don't have the correct people in place to reach out to who are prepared to come help me i could have been stuck out there for another four yeah. days which i mean i would have been fine i had enough stuff for yeah. that but you know that's not always the case you know you're planning to be out for a five-day hunt and you know you blow out you know you blow out your leg on uh you know day four and you've got to wait you know another three days before it's clear enough or something happens before somebody can come in and get you whatever that happens to be you're gonna be in plus i mean you you had the spot you had the trifecta i mean you had what the bad weather you had the blowdowns you know you're far in there and i'm i'm not sure if you no i released uh so you know i took this zoom I took it back there with me. I took it up oh, with I didn't me. Know that. And every night before I would crash out for the night, I'd sit and I'd just record. The first night I, I probably sat and I recorded for like, a, like half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I just talked. And, but then every night it was about 10 to 15 minutes. And uh, episode 200 is that audio. I had Clayton, Clayton Markser came uh-huh. back on and we did like a little intro for it. Oh, that's cool. And then my, uh, I had my editor put, clip together all that audio. Uh-huh. And I, that is one of. So I don't listen to my own podcast. Like, I, I'm like, I sat to, and had the conversation. Yeah, I get it. Like, why am I going to listen to it a second time? Um, you were there. Yeah, I was, I was there. Um, 
I listened, I actually went back and listened to that and it brought back some, I mean, you can hear like my, my mood, my attitude, like it's, it's a very interesting podcast. Like you get kind of insight into where my brain was that mm-hmm. you wouldn't get any other way. Um, and it was really cool for me to listen to that again and just think about where I was. Cause now I look at that hunt and for the other stuff I've done, I'm like, Oh, that wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like going into that hunt now, mm-hmm. um, cause I'd be prepared differently. I have different gear. I have, I'm, you know, I understand how to yeah. be more prepared for that. And I probably wouldn't be that stupidly far from my truck again yeah. with, without knowing there's elk there. <laughs> I mean, without getting guides aside, because I know that you can, the learning curve goes almost away. If you, you know, if you're going to pump 10, $20,000 into a hunt and, you know, they're going to do a lot of stuff for you. You you go past that learning curve. Aside from that, though, it it, it you can only tell you know you can ask until you're blue in the face, and you can only tell people so much. There's just a certain level you have to experience, and that's like you said. Now it's like you've experienced other hunts now. Then yeah. going back to there, you're gonna you're gonna rethink this the whole whole way of doing it. You're not gonna throw a bunch of stuff in your bag thinking just in case I need this or yeah. just in case I need that. And it's, you know, like, like my pack has shrunk over time. I mean, I literally, I, I, I went, you know, I went on a hunt where I didn't even pull half the stuff out of my car. I mean, I literally just, it just stayed in the vehicle and I was like sleeping on the ground. I was like moving around so much. I'm like, why am I going to set up a tent if I'm just going to, you know, go? And, uh, but you just, you know, yeah. you learn over time and that's the, that's the whole part of it. Like going back now, you're going to feel like way more comfortable. That was, that was, you know, go, that's like getting dropped off on an island. And, and when you've never done in the survival school, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And you're just like, all right, well, you know, let's, well see, I mean, let's see what happens. And that's one thing I've learned, too, from that is less in the pack, more in the truck. Yeah. Like, I, I pack, I pretty much throw, grab all of my bins of hunting gear that I have. Mm-hmm. They all go in the truck. Um, you know, I lock it down and I, I tie yeah. it up. And so people hopefully don't F with it very yeah. much. You just cross your fingers and go. But, right like, there. after that experience, the one thing I learned is, like, okay, yeah, you can plan, you know, in late August, early September, for it, it's going to, you know, all the weather says it's going to be nice and warm and sunny. Two days later, it can be zero visibility with snow just shitting on you. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're out there with a, a tarp tent and, a, you know, and no insulation layers, you're screwed. Yeah. But, you know, if you can get back to the truck, you, can, you don't have to cancel your hunt. You yeah. don't have to go back home. Yeah. Um, and that was one thing, you know, I mean, I've just learned that a lot is committing less to areas, just having all my gear in the truck. What is yeah. it, what does it hurt to have an extra bin in the back of the truck? Nothing. Yeah. A lot really. of times I even, you know, the, I, I, my last five or six hunts, I tried to get there at least a couple of days early. And that's, that has made, that's made a huge difference. It, it has screwed up a couple of my hunts where I've shot the animal on the first day done that a few times now so it's like hunts over instantly instantaneously it's like quote unquote screwed up it's like well, okay you, know, you harvest but you didn't really get the there's hunt. both sides of the coin you know there's people that pass on a lot of animals because they want to be out there in the woods and be out there a lot but you know and then there's the other the other person on your shoulder saying shoot that buck or shoot that elk you know because you've, you've scattered for three days already you mm-hmm. kind of know what's in the area anyway and then on the opening day you see this either a buck you've been watching or something bigger than everything you've been watching. And it might not be something huge, but maybe it is. And you're just like, I, I, that's the biggest buck I've seen in four days now. I'm going to pull the trigger on that. And then you just, you did, you did. You, you, you can't experience and be out, you know, all the time. 
it's kind of a double-edged sword. So, you know, yeah. I, I think if... Uh, I think the people that want to be in the field a lot, maybe they should camp more, I guess, you know. But you can go out and watch animals any time. Some people think that, you know, a lot of people, they only do it when they hunt. They do it some, maybe during their scouts, but, you know, they really only, like, what, what's preventing you to go to that unit the same way, uh, less the tag. It's, you're saving yeah. $1,000 probably, but you could still drive 1,000 miles, go to an area, watch animals for a while, or go in the winter range for elk. and glass, you, still, yeah. you know, for like, Five days and then come home. Like there, you, now you got it in. Now you can go back out there and shoot one on the first day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of in between, I guess. I I, I kind of we talk, you know when we talked last, you know we talked about times where I used to I, I would go to areas and hunt, especially in California, where I was one of the only hunters, if not the only hunter in the area, and there was a lot of other vehicles, a lot of Subarus, lots of Subarus. <laughs> Which I don't have a problem with Subarus because I think it's the perfect camouflage. You pull up to, you know, if you use a Subaru as your hunting vehicle, no one knows that you're hunting that area. <laughs> so, um, unless you have a bunch of stickers all over it and it kind of gives it away. But um, You just got to put like a, um, Biden, yeah. a Biden or yeah, a Bernie some, sticker some, on the back Yeah, there, exactly. You know, Bernie, little... Bernie 20 whatever. The guys lives forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, but, but use it, you know, I, I just... There was times where I just knew, like, I, I would get up there and use, I use hikers and joggers and all these people that, you know, we'd see in the mountains and, and around Los Angeles or Southern California, and I would just use them to the advantage. I mean, when you watch them, those deer, the deer are so used to them mm-hmm. that if you kind of, you know, if you sneak up on a deer in that area, they, they're going to take off. If you just walk up to them like everybody else does, they just kind of stand there and then bam, you know, it's over. So it kind of depends on where you're at and, you know, what type of advantages you, you want to take. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a different world in different, different places. Colorado's the same way. Hunting in Colorado, depending on how close you are to Denver, you can almost do it the same way. Like, you can literally walk right. If you walk pretty aggressively, like you're out exercising, it doesn't matter if you're in camo and you're carrying a rifle. That deer's just like, that, that, that's not really a threat. It might not even run away versus, like, you trying to sneak up on him. Yeah, and you it know you're going, their, you're 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 moving at, sense, you yeah, know? you're like you have your boots off and you're walking at you know matrix slow motion. That deer knows something's up, takes off. So yeah, well, because I mean, they're, just the little things you kind of pick up on. Over used time. to picking up those cues from their their natural predators, yeah. you know, from whether it's a coyote or a wolf or a exactly. mountain lion, whatever. Yeah, the mountain lion, that's a coyote, how everything else can sneak up on them versus you know just trot right in. Well, and especially if it's a mule deer, you know. They'll walk 10 feet away and then turn back and be like, huh. Yeah. Except for maybe accused deer. I don't think you can get away with, like, oh, yeah. those are the crackheads of the na- of nature. They, I, still uh, haven't, I still haven't gone da- yeah. gotten down to see them. I've, I've chased muleys, you know, plenty of times. I've got my javelina down there. And, like, we'd, we discussed I, I screwed up my Arizona tag draw this year because I'm, I'm special and I got busy. Screwed up or just missed it. Yeah. I got busy, got busy up until it, so I didn't get it done ahead of time. I was like, okay, I need to do my, I, I want to do my research. You got to double check what unit I want to put in for, da, 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 figure that all out. Got busy. I'm like, oh, crap. I got the alert email from, like, Go Hunt, from Arizona Fisher, yeah. like, from three different websites. Send me an email mm-hmm. saying, hey, draw. So you're going to miss your tag draw, idiot. Yeah. And It's uh, always the day before, too. They send those yeah. out, like. So it's like, well, yeah, like the evening, like before. And uh, so it's like your last chance morning is tomorrow. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, shoot. All right. I got to do that tonight. Like, got to finish up. You know, I was finishing up some client work, and like, I sit down on the couch. I'm gonna do it, and I just crash out hard, and I pretty much wake up. You know, early the next morning, 
and I didn't even I didn't even remember at that point. It wasn't until like the next day I'm like, no. Um, so hopefully I'm gonna call him up. I don't know if Arizona will let me get no. buy points afterwards or anything. Yeah, probably not. No, they won't actually. Um, I have a I have an interesting story for Arizona. So uh, during 2020, I uh, I didn't put in. I like did I kind I completely. Not that I forgot. I just I was so busy on other with other things plus the pandemic going on i just it completely i mean i missed that entire month yeah i was i was that far off i never even thought of it until it was like months away and then i get a call from uh i I get a phone call i get a like voicemail and it's from arizona that somebody turned in their tag for an elk tag and that and it fell on the same time that i had a like a wedding to go to Oh. And I was just sitting there, like, debating, 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 <laughs> debating, like, okay, how can I, how far is it? Can I, can I make it? Can I, <laughs> can I do the hunt first and then make it to the wedding? Or can I do the wedding and then, maybe I do the wedding in camo and just bail out and go straight there and drive, <laughs> you know, drive all night and maybe make it, like, the last couple of days. But I wouldn't be able to scout. I wouldn't be able to see yeah. it. Totally different area, an area like the Payson area right under the Mogollon Rim. It was, uh, you know, like a 22 North tag. Um, I've never even been that, you know, I've never done that area. So I was just like, that would probably just be a big waste of time. And, and I would piss off a lot of people. So I just, I, I called the girl, lady back and I'm like, I can't take this tag. She's like, why not? I just, I, and I explained it to her and she's like, man, I would not like to be in your shoes. Yeah. Like she literally, and she, she even called me back like two days later and she's like, are you hey, sure? I'm going to give the, I'm going to, this is going to go back. You sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I was man. so bummed. So that's heartbreak. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it is what it is. But well, it was, and I, you know, I drew my, uh, I, I drew my Arizona tag in 2020 as well. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, finally got it done. Four years. Cool. Um, getting closer and closer. And, you know, 2019 in Montana here, it, in Montana was incredible. I got into them. I finally located elk. I was mm-hmm. in them just about every day. I just yeah. couldn't quite get it figured out. But, man, you want to talk about learning on a on a hunt that just that that because uh, you know it's you learn a lot when you screw up like yeah. you learn more well if you pay, if you pay attention some people just keep screwing up yeah but Which if I'm, you if you pay if there's nothing wrong with failing screwing up on stuff as long as you learn from it because well, as long as you step you learn and, more by actually doing it yeah. and not you know if you don't succeed or you don't you're gonna. You're, you're. There's so much stuff. You're like, okay, they. This is how they think, or this is what they do. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. You, you definitely just watching them. You know. But you know, it's like there's there's only so much you can learn then without a little bit of success. Because it was getting to the point where I was like, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, and I don't know if I'm just in the wrong place. I don't like. I wasn't finding. I was finding out plenty of stuff not to do, mm-hmm. but. I wasn't finding enough success to figure out where to go from there, which was, that was the struggle I was having. And once I finally got into elk, like found a spot, I was like, all right, you know, some people, you know, I had the game warden recommend this spot. One of the guys at the coffee shop recommended this spot, a little piece of uh, state land. All right, I'm going to go check it out. 
I go check it out. I'm like kind of hiking in to get in, you know, go up to a glassing spot early in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to look over this hill, you know, kind of glass my way in a little bit, look over this hill, and it's just covered with elk. And I'm like, oh. And like I go to, I go to get in, and like they were everywhere on this mm-hmm. first day. Like, it's actually worse because there's just more eyes now. Yeah, and I mean, it. it was like I was spooking them left and right, but I was learning, like, yeah. how much I can move, how quiet I have to be, what I have to do. Like, mm. there's, uh, there's a couple of, you know, and it's like I, I got mean, distracted. With elk, you, almost not even, you almost don't have to be quiet at all, yeah. really. Yeah. And I got, I got distracted by this little bachelor herd of, of satellite bulls that mm. was together. It was actually, uh, I, I, think I, I think I referenced it in my podcast after that hunt. I did a solo one. But it was it was weird. It was like these three three uh, satellite bulls and then like one cow, and I'm like, ah, uh, hey, call them in town bicycle. Yeah, um, she's the she's mm-hmm. she's the bit of a hoe. She gets around. She definitely gets around. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I got super distracted by them and kind of forgot about the giant herd that was probably more accessible. But th- these ones were like right there. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of bird in the hand. And I mean, I ch- end up chasing them over the next ridge yeah. <laughs> like but i learned a ton and every day i was getting into them i was learning more learning more getting closer getting closer and it just i couldn't quite seal the deal but i mean like something would always happen like i'd be going through a spot where they never were in the past and mm. you learn you're like yeah well just because they weren't there in the past doesn't mean yeah. and i could have closed the deal on a if i had been paying attention and changed my strategy a little bit and had seen this bull there was this big old satellite bull there and uh i have video of him walking past me at 100 yards he knew knew something was wrong Mm. like because i got in i'm just like kind of tromping my way in it was like the beginning i was like 300 yards from 250 300 yards from my truck like it was kind of up and so you can't see the truck from where i'm at but it's this wide open area just flat until you get to the, fen- the the fence line, you cross the fence line, and you get up into the trees. And uh, just tromping in, I'm like kind of making sure my gear's settled on my pack. And I just hear, hear something, I look up, and there's just a big old bull, like 250 yards, just staring right at me. And it's dark, it's mm-hmm. still, it's before daylight. And so I'm like, and I freeze. And I'm just standing there, he's staring, he knows something's off, but then he goes back to feeding. So I, I drop down. And I drop the pack, and I start belly crawling. And it's snowed. It's like I'm on my hands and knees. Say again? Rifle or archery? Archery. So I had my bow with me. If it was rifle, he would have been dead in about two seconds. Yeah. Um, No, in in that section, it it borders private. And uh, come uh, come rifle season, the the ranch hands run the fence lines and drive the elk off the, uh, very illegally, they drive onto the public land. Yeah. um, Thank you to the Wilkes brothers for that. (laughs) Um not better at all but i digress but yeah so i'm like belly crawling i got my bow and uh i'm like in the snow i'm losing feeling in my like knee like knees and hands and um but i'm getting in i'm getting in and like he put his head down start feeding so i'd crawl and then he put it up and look and i got in got in a ways um probably to maybe like i probably got 100 yards in on him got into maybe a or moved in 100 yards probably to about 150 yards on him something like that and uh, he starts feeding towards me. I'm like, oh, hell yes. I'm like 400 yards from my truck. This bull is going to walk straight to me. 
and I'm going to plug him. Like, the wind was perfect. It was, like, angling across me. The sun was in his face, like, I'm like or the sun was coming up, like, right in his face. And I'm like, this is perfect. And then just decides, no, nope, I'm going to start feeding this other. He gets into about 100 yards from me. He's like, no, nope, I'm going to start feeding this other direction and just kind of maintains this 100 you know, 90 to a hundred yards from me and I can't move. Like there's no cover. If I even shift my body weight, like he's up and looking at me, like something's off. And so finally he just moves far enough past me to catch my wind and, and takes off. But sucks. it was the closest at the time. They know. It's like, I swear they know. Oh yeah. Yeah. The minute you think you got them, you don't. It's It's very rare. Like it is very, very rare. To where, I mean, it does happen, but where just every single, you could just check off the boxes, yep. you know, one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. It, it rarely happens that way. No, it's... My Utah hunt was like that. It was, my Utah deer hunt, Zion, this couple few months back, it was scouting, was perfect. Uh, I, I overlaid migration patterns over, you know, Google Earth. And then went out and got to those areas, and they were paying the butt to even get to. But I found these, like, where two migration patterns kind of cross. Found a lake that was near it. The lake ended up being dried out. And then there was a smaller lake that wasn't even on the map, which made it even perfect because a smaller water source. I would see 200 deer, 200 deer a day, and I didn't see one other hunter the whole hunt. And I was only in a mile and a half from the road. And I didn't see anybody because everybody hunts this where they actually kind of come out and get dispersed. And it was like clockwork. It, I literally, I sat for three days, watched this one spot, kept seeing the, you know, th- these deer come through. And I saw the migratory deer just kind of keep going. And then there's some deer that just stay. Like, it seems like the bucks, the bigger bucks just want to hang out. They'll get to an area and they'll just stay there for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then opening day, two bucks that I was watching, one of them walked out. It was, uh, you know, first light was seven around seven o'clock and like at seven fifteen, i was pull i pulled trigger on him you know and it was done and then you know by 10 i was everything was back it, that deer was in the yeti i mean it was literally nice. in there and i was cleaning up and making something to eat and i was like i even sat back like it it i i got you know take this one because it, it'll it never happens that way it's never like it's always like they come out they go back they come i played cat and mouse for six days <laughs> Twice I went out twice. I had a tag in, in Idaho, and I was playing cat and mouse with these elk. I mean, I knew where they were. I knew where to get. Like, once they went up on the, they would come to the ag fields at night, and I knew which direction they were going. There's two different directions. They come in and out. I knew where they were. There, were, there was nights where I was out there. I'd go out there in the middle of the night and just kind of see where they were, and they would be on the fields. There was nights where they came off the ag field in the middle of the night, and they were completely surrounding me. I mean, I had a bull probably, I could probably reach out and touch him. He was about a foot and a half from me, and he came, he came by. I mean, just the smell of him oh, was, wow. like, pungent. And full, it was a full moon. I mean, you could see him. They were just moving past. They did not care I was standing right there. I just froze up. They just walked right past me, Her, the whole herd. I mean, they didn't even go up the hills. They just kind of went out into the, the BLM where I was, and then they went right back onto the ag fields. They did this big loop. I thought I had them pegged, and then, you know, then it just turned into this cat and mouse. One day they would come down this side, so the next day I'd be over there. They'd come <laughs> down the other side, but but I could see them. I mean, thirty, forty head would come down right off the bat. You know, usually cows and calves, and then and then the bulls would like kind of peek over the hill, and then they would come down. So and then the next day I would go back, and they were on this side, and then they would then they didn't show up one day, and I'm like, how the where the hell are they? So I sat there and waited, 
And then they just appeared on the field. And what they were doing is they were hitting this like sand, you know, little wash. They'd literally uh, yeah. come down the hill and they'd take that wash in. You wouldn't even see them. It was right next to the road. It was literally right next to the road. And they were down in there deep enough to where they could just single file right through there and they just popped up into the ag fields. Thought I had them pegged the whole time. It was just constant. <laughs> I mean, didn't get a shot off until, you know, the second hunt on the, uh, the, uh, on the second time I went out, you know, in lo- pretty much the last day. But, yeah. man, drove me nuts. I thought I had them pegged. But that's what happens. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking earlier about uh, that water hole, that kind of smaller water hole yeah. you found, and you're saying, what, mile and a half off the road? Yeah, but, but very inaccessible. Like, yeah. Like, break your car inaccessible. Yeah, but it's funny... Because, you know, you got me started on the Randy Newberg school. Like, you got me listening to too much Randy Newberg. No such thing. No such thing as too much. (laughs) This is true. But for a new hunter, Mm -hmm. you listen to too much Randy Newberg, and suddenly you're like, I've got to be seven miles in from the nearest road. Hey, he shot a bison here in Utah, and it almost landed in his truck. (laughs) So if anybody's ever seen that episode, go watch. Or if you haven't, go see it. It, it, uh, he shoot, shoots at Henry Mountains, and it runs to his truck like a dog and dies right next to it, like right next to the road. So. That's what I thought I was going to go with that elk. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, shoot, this thing's going to walk to uh-huh. me. Maybe yeah. 400 miles. Might from, as well just hand him the keys to your truck. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, jump in the back. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Trained, trained elk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. It's. It's weird just thinking about that all of that progression and then, the, you know, this last season I just didn't get out. That was disappointing. But It's going to happen. I mean, you got to remember, I took, I took over 10 years off. Yeah. I mean, work got in the work, family, everything just kind of, you know, I, I fished instead of hunted. And at first I didn't think anything of it. You know, it was like, okay, when I, I, I there wasn't a lot of draws. Everything was over the counter, you mm-hmm. know, the first time around. And, you know. California deer tags are just, you just go to Big Five, pick yep. them up, you know, and just go. You, you do it when you want to go hunting. You don't even do it ahead of time. Not now where you have a spreadsheet and all the draws and everything else. Um, but I took, you know, it took, I, I took a long time off. And then I just kind of eat slowly. I, I had probably eased back into it, but I got that bug of hunting season. I mean, I've hunted since I was six, you know, something. You know, I was always hunting, you know, hunting some snakes or whatever it was. But uh, dairy cows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I, t- <laughs> I did tell you about that. I assassinated a cow uh, <laughs> when I was six. I was almost almost seven. That was right before I came to California. Um, I was in Texas, and yeah, I uh, I that killed was on, that was on the I res, killed right? a cow. So yeah, it was it was on the res, and uh, but but that. That was the door opener. That was the catalyst because my punishment for that was that I had to go to the person that owned the cow, the rancher. Well, the rancher came to the house and mm-hmm. he knocked on the door and he was like, um, one of my you know, cows are dead, you know, kind of thing. My parents are like, whatever. My, my, uh, 
my stepbrothers at the time, you know, they, they just instantly knew it because I, I scoped myself really, really oh, good. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a six-year-old with 30-odd six could barely even get it up, let alone, you know, I, I'd had drug it out, put on barbed wire fence, pulled trigger, and, you know, cocked myself in the eye bad. I mean, the, they walked in. They were probably 16, 17 at the time. I mean, the minute they saw my eye, they opened the closet door, grabbed the rifle, and saw that, and, you know, I, did, I didn't, you know, I, did, I pulled the trigger. That was it. I didn't even know it was going to go off. <laughs> I, but I had the cow in the scope. You know, I was, like, looking at it, and I pulled the trigger. And, uh, yeah, so I had, to, I had to help him gut that thing and clean that thing. I mean, luckily, I didn't have to do it out in the field. He took it in with a tractor. But I was throw. I, you know, I don't remember most of it. I was so young. But my cousin's stories are pretty vivid. And they're like, man, you were... Th- you were throwing up, and I guess I threw up a few times, and he had me, like, literally reaching in where I would, like, disappear, and I was, like, pulling stuff out. Oh, and I guess he old, really, yeah. like, I guess, I guess he wasn't be, trying to be mean at all, but he was, like, he was really trying to teach a little kid, like, look, you know, this is, this is, this is how we happened. do it. This is, you know, and, the, you know, yes, it was somewhat of a punishment, but in reality, like, once I got done kind of throwing up and got over the, you know, the smell and everything else, they said that I, something clicked to where I was just like, I was ready to go. Yeah. So from that point on, I mean, anytime a chicken or a rabbit needed to get killed in the, at the house, because we had, you know, we had over 100 rabbits. Yeah. And I don't even know how many chickens we had. I didn't even count it. Um, but anytime something had to get, you know, dispatched for food that, or dinner that night, that was me. And I was like... I was out the door. I mean, the minute I got a green light, I was out the door. And then I was, you know, neighbors or, you know, anybody else. So, um, you know, it was just kind of instilled. But, yeah, that, that cow had it coming somehow. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things like, you know, I'm going to be getting chickens and rabbits and probably some goats too. And just so I, you know, some more, especially this season, I don't have Jack in the freezer. Yeah, uh, I'm just a, polishing off the last of my elk and that's about it and um i uh you know so i'm gonna be getting some animals and raising them and but like it's so important for kids to like i mean you want to teach someone to respect the value of life like yeah well they just understand see a a good point of that at my seven-year-old he he has understood what death means at a really young age and not to be in like a morbid way but to the point of he understands, like, if something's alive or something's dead, he doesn't believe in killing anything unless you're going to eat it. You know, there was, a, there was a situation at school. We get a call from the principal and the teacher that he was chasing this girl around with a bee. Well, the story came out to she killed the bee. You know, the bee, she you know, smacked, the, smacked the bee with her, with her shoe. He picks it up, chases her with it. you got to eat this. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's really kind of awkward explaining this. The, the, the principal, I mean, this is Yorba Linda, California. Yeah. You know, the Orange County california so um not not a lot of hunters running around luckily that the teacher comes from a hunting background her nice. parents hunted she comes from you know out of the state she totally got it she thought it was funny principal completely mortified <laughs> luckily that the teacher was there to calm her down to kind of balance, kinda, balance it out to where she was like okay with it and she's like okay i got i got this but he is very very in tuned with that you know it's very you know he he gets that Okay, that's cute and cuddly or whatever, but but if you shoot it, we're eating it. You know, mm-hmm. he gets that, and you know, there's times where I'll bring stuff home and he's in the backyard, and you know, like like I, we had milk in the backyard. I mean, it's not it's a suburban neighborhood in the middle of Orange County, and I have you know game bags hanging from the back porch. You know, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, and and it seems to work. But he he totally gets that, and he understands that, and he he wants to hunt, and he wants to 
you know, he lo- like that last year I brought, you know, I, he helped me skin the head. You know, he's, we skinned, skinned the head for a year amount, and he was back there, you know, trying to get around the antlers and everything else, and we ate the heart that night, and he was nice. stoked on that. Now he only cares about the heart of the animal because he liked it so well, so now he's just, he's calling dibs on the next animal. He's like, I get the heart. Um, I went to... That's actually what I still have left from my elk is uh, how? I saved That would be the first thing I would eat. It's because I've... Ta- the tongue I've, and the heart is the first thing I would eat. So I have it ready for tacos. Like, it's, uh, I've got it sliced up really nice for tacos, and I just... I just haven't done it yet because, like, thing. I want I want to like have somebody over. Like, I want to. I don't know. I want to, and that's my thing is I'm down low enough on meat now to where it's like yeah, it's, it's a just little meat, it's whatever's there. a lot more precious. Got it. Um, oh, got it, got it, got it. So I'm kind of like okay, I want to. I'm I'm being a little more choosy with what I make with the wild game stuff. Yeah. And organs go first. Like I usually eat the tongue, which is like on an elk. Like a tongue battles for me. The tongue is 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 right up there with. The tenderloins. It's, it's really. It would be like a choice if I could have the same amount of weight. Like if somebody told me, like you could, you got thirty pounds of tongue versus this thirty pound tenderloin. I might go the tongue route sometimes. Huh. Like I just love. It. I grew up. I grew up eating that. The cow tongue, you know, is just amazing. But the the the, you know, three elk tongues. I think of three or four I've eaten were just been amazing. Even the mule deer tongue was was great. So I know it's kind of weird and it's not like a normal thing, but. Um, and then the well, hearts I mean, I and the livers and everything else. The tongue, but yeah. the heart is amazing. I, can, I, I If I ever draw or even go with somebody on a bison hunt, like the tongue's going to be one of those. Like, like, here, I'll help you pack this thing out. I just want that tongue. Just give me the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of a weird thing. But. No, I, uh, I, I remember when my, nep- my nephews were up. It was like when I got my turkeys a, f- a couple of years ago. You know, I was up in Northern California. And, um, I mean, I, th- I think I've told the story on here a couple of times, but it was like the most Elmer Fudd. Both turkeys were like the most Elmer Fudd shit. Like the first one, I was down like, I was, like warming up for a morning workout. Like I was going to do my morning workout. And I was doing like yoga or some something. I was in mm-hmm. a pair of gym shorts, barefoot, and a t-shirt. And uh, I get a text message. Uh, There's turkeys in the driveway. And, like, you know, I'd been watching them, and I knew exactly where they were going. And, like, all joining plots of land, I got permission to go hunt. So I, I like, throw on my Crocs, and I just haul ass two, two awesome. properties over. And I post up, like, full post up Elmer Fudd behind a tree. And I was waiting. I was waiting. And they, they come across, finish going, you know, leave the driveway, come across the next property. Rise, they come across the next property. He pops out. And and he's like in his robe with his coffee, and he goes to the mailbox, and he's like, "Oh, turkeys!" And he's just standing there watching them. I'm like, "Come on!" And like they were still kind of coming my way. He didn't scare him away, but like I also, he I'm allowed to hunt there, but I also don't want to just blow away the turkeys that he's sitting there admiring with his coffee in the morning. And like I'm trying to at least be considerate. Yeah. So I'm waiting. He finally goes back in. And, you know, they come and I pop out from behind the tree and I blow away the one with, he had a good size. I mean, he was probably three, three and a half. Um, he had a good, was a, I think, ten and a half inch beard. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it was a decent sized beard. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'd done that and I'd made, uh, uh, I don't know, I'd made something like, uh, uh, what did I make from that? That's going to bug me. I can't remember. Um 
But yeah, I made some out of that. And my nephews came up like the next week. Uh, they were up visiting. Uh, the whole family was up. And I'm like, you know, I want them to experience. I, w- I was going to try and do it the quote unquote right way, you know, and go call and like mm-hmm. sit in the camo. And um, I heard it. I was going into my office. I'm in a bright like red T-shirt and a pair of board shorts and flip flops. I mean, it's California. Um, and I hear I hear a gobble on the other side of the property. And I'm like, ah, screw it. <laughs> and so I grab my shot. I'm like, my nephews are there. Like, I want them to experience that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go nail this other turkey. And that this was like the full-on Elmer Fudd, like, crouched over. And um, And, like, it was a full-on, like, I went from the side-by-side and then snuck behind the chicken coop. And then hid behind the the lawnmower tent. Do any rolls? And I, I just about man. <laughs> like, and then I found out where they were, and I like kind of popped out from behind the chicken coop, and just boom, and wow. and so like I gave them. Uh, he was a shorter beard, and so I've got the beard actually hanging from my uh, rear view mirror, uh, along with the spurs from that one. And then I gave the fan to my nephews, and I actually I just went to visit them for Thanksgiving, and they've got it. They still got it hung up in their room, mm. which is really cool to see. Um, but, you know, it's like getting to introduce them to that because then they came and uh, they went and processed the whole thing. That's I walked cool. them through processing the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I almost chopped off my finger. I, I lost probably about a quarter to half an inch of fing- fingertip. It was real close to the bone. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, was, I was teaching and not paying attention to where my knife was. Uh, but, yeah, I got them to walk through that, and then we grilled it up, and I... I pulled out i mean it's a turkey heart so it's Mm -hmm. you know you got about four bites out of it but you know so i sliced it up and i grilled it and some garlic butter Mm -hmm. and they each got a little slice of turkey heart and um i think we made turkey pozole out of the meat eater cookbook with that oh nice that was that was really tasty that was really wild turkey is like night and day from a store-bought turkey oh yeah like it's it's crazy when you go to like somebody's house and they have like a store-bought turkey and you're just like it just everything tastes the same like, every part of the turkey tastes the same. Even dark meat, light meat, everything's just kind of... It, it tastes like the seasoning that they put on it. Not yeah. the turkey, but the wild turkey just adds a, such a good flavor to it. Like, I mean, I, I, I would maybe pick a duck over a turkey most of the time. Like, I just love duck. See, I haven't but e- actually eaten I duck yet. absolutely love, like, smoked... I mean, just you know any, anyway. I've only you ever had it, it anyway. as jerky. I've had uh, Canada goose and I've had duck as jerky, yeah. but I've never actually like just had duck. Yeah, which I think I need to give that a try. Yeah, I've uh, I used to do Michigan. I did Michigan hunts for like eight years. I'd go out there deer hunt. I'd go to the UP fish, um, and then uh, I did a lot of duck hunting, just tons. And I would eat. I would pretty much. I would. I would Bring back deer, but I would almost never bring back duck because I would literally, within be, being there for ten days, shoot you know, handful of ducks, and I was eating them every day. I mean, yeah. it was literally I I would eat two full ducks sometimes. Damn, you know, it was just I was just I, I'm throwing smoker. Well, and ducks just, are normally those are love normally it, love a love possession it. limit, aren't they? Like it's not depends, a yeah, it depends on I where mean, you were. On the yeah, state, but like you can usually have like two days of of. The possession too. It's like yeah. you, you can have in your possession whatever the limit is for two days. Like so, you know, it's technically if you're out there camping or you never came back home, you have it yeah. or whatever. But but in reality, it's like it, there were so many ducks on the property, my buddy's property out there that you would 
while you're out doing whatever you're doing, you'd see you know a few ducks. You'd run over there, kind of like what you did. But I just kind of yeah. run over there with a canoe. I'd like slide into these tulies. I would just jam it in there as fast as I could. It, it was like it was like clockwork, it, which was crazy because <laughs> he had these neighbors that used to hunt ducks with like AK-47s, like full automatic <laughs> weapons. So I was always trying to get like the only the ducks that flew a certain direction because if they were too close to their house. Like they would just light these things up. Like there was nothing left if they if they hit them, and they you know it was like out of a Jeez. movie. So I would like always get them. Like you know there was a couple times where I got a couple like probably a couple inches off the water. I mean it literally it just took off, and I was like if it gets any higher, those guys are gonna you know yeah. switch these things. But I would like you know I'd hit like two, and then I would put them in the boat, and I would take it down the canal, and I'd get back to the house, and I would pluck them real quick, and this. You know, get them all ready, and I'd hang. I just hang them because yeah. I, you know, I started hanging ducks. And you know, it's it, it's not that hot. You know, at, at at the time it wasn't that hot. So you hang a duck for a long time. But if you can, hang, you it, you you can cure a duck or hang it. You know, for a while, it it turns into a whole different. You know, same as hanging yeah. a deer. I mean, it turns into a different animal. You know? I did a, a whole thing. I think it was with Hank Shaw. Um, we talked about uh, dry aging and curing uh-huh. and stuff like that, and that was a. That was that was a good episode, and I want to yeah. I want to build a, a section for that. But that like that reminds me of kind of my Colorado hunt, elk hunt, because you know we saw a few elk, we didn't really get into them, but the whole time we're just plugging grouse after grouse after oh, grouse, yeah. and we're eating them. Well, every grouse night. will follow you. Oh yeah, that, like, I mean, you turn, there, in Idaho, I was walking, and the grouse kept following me. I was like I'm tempted to shoot them, but I was like. I shoot him. I'm going to mess up this, this whole situation. I haven't been that lucky with the grouse in Montana. They're a lot jumpier in Montana. Like everywhere I've been in Montana. Yeah. Um, but like Colorado, Idaho. Yeah. I, I've had them follow me multiple. So times. So many other places. They're like the dumbest animal. I mean, what's the saying? If you know, you got five grouse in a tree. You shoot them from top to bottom. You get one. You shoot them from bottom to top. You get all five. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, I remember in Colorado. There's there's a bunch. They kind of. I mean, a ton of them would just fly yeah. in, and I always. I, keep... I've seen them hide behind stuff that's smaller than their body. Oh yeah. Like I've seen them just put their head behind something. Like a, they'll put their head behind a bush, not thinking that the rest of their big body is just completely out there in the open. Yeah. But I mean, I'd like, I you know always carry a judo tip in my in my quiver, yeah. just so I at least you know have one for some small game or some a snack, and uh, so I plug this one, and I just boom take them out, and there's maybe like three of them on a log and two in front of this log and so i plug one on the log one on the log flies off the two in front fly off and there's the the other one stands there and he legit looks around at the other ones that, and he's like where the hell are you guys going and then he turns and looks down at the one yep. that is like dead on the ground behind the log and he's just looking at him and it's kind of this look like george you okay what are you doing george and I'm like, ah, oh, crap! You know, I didn't want to waste. A, I didn't want to waste one of my broadheads because it would it would have just jacked the broadhead yeah. behind behind it. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just walk up, collect my one grass, call it a day. And I'm walking up, and it's looking at me. I'm still walking up, and I get from like maybe like three feet to this thing. At which point, I'm looking for a heavy rock. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm taking this sucker with me, and I like, like, oh, there's a rock. I grab the rock, and it finally flies away. But I'm like. Oh. Geez, this thing is dumb as a sack of hammers. Yeah, my first, my first one, I hit with a quad. I literally <laughs> like remember when I first got the 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 Can Am. I I was in I was in the Sawtooth, I think it was in Idaho, and I come flying around the corner, and I see a moose up on the hill side of the hill. So I'm like, probably should have stopped. Probably you know, I probably could have got a lot 
more hurt than, than what the birds did. But I mean, I came around this corner, little little gravel road, almost like a little two track, and I look up at this moose and I hear do 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 do, and I hit four of those damn things. <laughs> the axle hit them perfectly. I mean, just headshot, headshot, yes. headshot, one after another. And then like you know, I thought I I thought I broke something. I didn't even know what it was. I like stopped. It was you know, sun was going down. And I'm looking at this moose. I'm trying to get my binoculars out, just trying to look at it. And, you know, sizable moose just sitting on the side of it. You know, on the other side of the river, just up on the hill a little bit. But I hit, you know, and I and I wasn't going that fast. But I, you know, I rolled forward a little bit. I looked back, and there's there's these four grouse. You expect to see parts on the ground, but yeah, just dead, just headshots. You know, <laughs> so I was just like, all right, you know, you load them up and and go. Oh but, my gosh. And I was, and I and I didn't. I had never. I run a chuckers before. And I had eaten okay. chuckers before, so I was like, I didn't even really, I, I was looking, I'm like, they look like grouse, but I'm not even sure about, you know, because I was on waterfowl or, or any, yeah. any any kind of upland bird or anything. And, uh, you know, it, it, I took them, you know, the next couple of days eating those. I do a lot of trout. I eat a lot of trout when I'm hunting in Idaho for some reason. Like, I don't even break out a meal until, like, the fifth day. I'm, like, living off the land, I guess you'd say, you know, <laughs> mostly. Um, but yeah, they were they were. I, it was like addicting. It was like I get Dude. I get why Randy will like give up elk hunt. You know, it's it's one of those things too, especially like when you're out hunting and you've been eating Mountain House for like three days. You're exhausted. You know, you're just been kicking your own ass. All, yeah. You know, hiking all over the place, covering ground, <laughs> and then you have that like first like cooked meat, meat, like real real meat, and like we did it. Um, on that hunt, you know, we got up, we got to our next spot where we were camping. We had, you know, we cleaned those grouse. We threw them in with, uh, I probably told this story like a hundred times on this podcast, but we threw them in with, uh, we grilled them up and I had like a bunch of spices. We'd taken llamas in. It was got my it. buddy that ran the llamas. And so like, I brought my little spice thing with me. We brought all the good cooking stuff and, um, grilled them up. We threw in a, threw it in with a mountain house, like chicken and rice. And then made a, we had Idaho and mashed potatoes and we put that in there. Still my favorite. I eat those oh. at home all the time. Still. Oh yeah. And we did that. It was like, we made like a casserole with it almost. Like shepherd's pie almost. Oh yeah. yeah. We ate that for like two, three days. We would, uh, <laughs> we'd put like, we'd boil, we'd leave, we had a Ziploc bag and we'd put it in a Ziploc bag and then like boil yeah. it in a mountain house yep. or in a heat it jet boil up. to heat it back up. We'd sous vide it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, oh, jeez. That, that was just, to awesome. this day, one of the top three meals I've ever had. Because wow. it's, like, it's it's contextually yeah. tasty. See, I, I normally hold off as much, as long as I can. I I, uh, I always take snares with me now. Like, I okay. said, the first day of camp, snares go out. I always get, a, like, you know, whatever tag I need to get or a license. It's usually pretty cheap to get, you know, depending on the area. But, does, uh, does, but I've I mean, does that rabbit, count as like, like a trapping license? Yeah, it does. So yeah. you've got to get I used a, to do it all the time, just, but I didn't realize, I didn't know. Um, and I, you know, the, I was buying the buying a snare and they're like, you want the license too? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I had to, I had to start <laughs> yeah, thinking back yeah. like, oh, maybe totally. I should have had that before. Maybe I just didn't know. Uh, you know, sorry, but, um, you know, you get really good at finding like these little trails and these little like, you know, these holes that these animals make, like especially rabbits. I mean, they just make these little round kind of shapes, like holes, like through the burrows, brush, through the brush, even through like, you know, sage and everything. And you could just like, oh, that looks like a good spot. You know, every now and then you get something, you know, once in a while. Like I got a fox in Idaho once. Yeah. I think it was mean as shit. Um, I got him out of it. You know, he probably was only in the, in there for a while. He had his arm caught in it too, so it wasn't choking him. Like he was completely yeah. fine. It was like getting in a chokehold, but getting your arm in there. 
Um, but when I got him, finally got him out of it, it took a lot trying, trying not to get bit and scratched and whatever. Uh, he, he like pranced off a little bit and then he just started growling. I've never seen the fox so pissed off. He was, he was pissed. But other than that, I mean, and I had a possum once. Everything else has been a rabbit, so, you know. But I really want to get, really get another fox. Because that was the first thing I ever took was in Arizona. Oh, really? I took that fox. I took a fox with my Mazda once. <laughs> Idaho. Thing was running. Came up from the, from the side. You know, came out of this field. Started running alongside of me and went right under my tire. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I took that fox. I was going to get him. I was going to get a full body mount done. Like, yeah. I was really excited. Because that was, like, my first thing. The I red fox? Or? Uh, no, it was a gray fox. Gray fox. It, it was, it, she was pretty, though, man. Oh. And it was, it was wild. We couldn't... Um, we uh, uh, couldn't figure out, like, it, we saw she was bleeding out of her eyes, and I'm like, crap, the skull's ruined. That's super bummer. And um, it ended up going, it was with a shotgun. And so the pellet ended up going through her eye and out the mouth. Okay. And so it didn't damage the skull at all. It yeah. chipped one of the teeth, which was kind of cool. Um, but then I ended up, uh, that was when, it was in the freezer when my freezer went out, and I was, like, on vacation. My family was gone. I was out, Ouch. and for it was like several days. Yeah, I lost, I lost most of my my Audad. I lost my fox. I lost most of my venison. I lost like gallons of bone broth, Ugh. and it That's was just. Painful. I was so depressed, and like Drinking I, pro- I probably could have at least saved like the skull on the fox or something. Yeah. But it was just so nasty and rotten at that point. I was just like. It was all it the, all of the, the the bags had like fully inflated, and it was just uh, it was just that sickly sickly spoiled smell. Worst feeling, and yeah, and I still like I still get nervous about because the one that went out was my newer one. That was the wild thing. That was the one I never thought would go out. Mm-hmm. The one I keep expecting to go out is like my older one that I got for like sixty bucks. It was like molded over. They don't and make them like they used to. This thing, this thing has been on. I put it in the back of the truck, and would would plug it into my power inverter and drive with it rather than buy nice. dry ice. And I just I'd plug it in when I was driving, and I'd park somewhere, and I'd either use an extension cord mm-hmm. and plug it into an outdoor outlet, or it'd be fine overnight most places. And that thing worked great. It was a lot cheaper running that was a lot cheaper than buying dry ice. But yeah. that thing is still humming strong. Got it for sixty bucks from some dude in. LA like I went out onto his balcony it was like piled under a bunch of shit he wanted 80 bucks for it uh, he talked him down to 60 or no I think he wanted like 100 bucks for it and I was and I offered him 80 he's like yeah that's good come on out and we come out and like this thing you open it up and it's just mold everywhere inside it I'm like and I kind of look at him and he's like 60 bucks I'm like yeah (laughs) 60 bucks in a pressure washer yeah dude uh there was so much bleach, so wow. much bleach on that thing. But no, man, that's uh, yeah. Cool. That losing losing all that meat was rough. But I do want to get another fox. Like, yeah. just they're cool animals, and I want. I'll I'll admit that I want solely for my wall. Yeah. I just want a fox on my wall, and I want to start. I want to start. I was talking with uh, Trent Marsh about this uh, at Shot Show. I want to start. Getting more coyotes, more foxes, more. I want to do some trapping, mm-hmm. so I can learn, uh, teach myself to tan hide. So whether that's coons, yeah. whether that's possum, uh, I mean, whatever. Might as well start on coyotes. It'd probably be pretty easy. Yeah, you know, get five or six of them, and just start. Go that I've got to get a better fox, but my fox pro is like 
15 years old at this point yeah. and it was like even back then it was like the low end lowest I've never, I've, never I, I've, I've never I've I've never like designated like I've never gone out just coyote hunting but I've had coyotes come in multiple okay so remember we did remember we were both at Golden Voice and we did that retreat out in like yeah, near Borrego yeah. was it Borrego Springs uh Borrego Springs yeah it was yeah. Borrego Springs so I was on my way I came out later cuz I had something else going on I, can't, I, I was just driving out there, and I called, like, I pulled over the side of the road where all those cattle are. Yeah. Right where Renee crashed his car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The power lines came down. And I called in so many coyotes just with a mouth call. They were just coming in and coming in. I got a coyote to come. I could have reached out and grabbed him and put him in the car. I mean, he was literally right, oh, wow. right at the bottom. Well, that's the that's funny thing, because I, I have a bunch of mouth calls yeah. for coyotes, like, uh, or hand calls, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got a bunch of those, but I kind of forget they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, because the Fox Pro I have, the area it's easy, just turn on. The area yeah. my property's on, like, it's wide open. And so it's not like a, it's not like more closed in areas where you, you call for a little bit, a little more quietly, and then you, you know, move 200 yards, call again, move yeah. 200 yards, call again. This is like just wide open. You pick one spot, you call. And then you're done for the day. Like, you know, you you don't really have other areas to move they're to. They're either there or they're not. Yeah, yeah, it's either you move to one side of the property or the other. But it's so open, they, they roam far enough. They're there. You can hear them. But you need a loud-ass call for that. Mm-hmm. And so my call just doesn't have the ump for that. And, you know, I could probably buy some external speakers. Whatever. I just need to buy a better mm-hmm. Fox Pro. But I forget I have those hand calls. And those hand calls will get that loud yeah. easy. Like, if I pump on those things... Yeah. You might but, want, you might get winded, but yeah. But I just I forget I have like they're basically decoration at this point. I need to do like actually practice on them for a little bit and use them. Um, my my new thing this this year and last year calling mule deer in. Really, my last hunt, my my Zion hunt, I called in handfuls, handful with uh, on scouting days. I I probably I the, the whole migration like pattern. Like, where they were going, I turned that. They literally came, like, they were all going through the same valley. They stopped, started going up and around this ridge and came right right through, like, where I was. I mean, on the day that I, if I wouldn't have seen that, if I wouldn't have seen anything that morning of opening day, I would have probably pulled the calls out. I, I pulled huh. in a ton of deer. Like, not, it's just a distress, like a, du- uh, a you know, a distress call. Like a, like fawn, a doe, a it's fawn a fawn, distress. It's a fawn in distress. But I had cow elk running in like running running looking over hills like mm-hmm. these these cow elks were like looking over they wouldn't come down the hill but they were looking like what the hell's going on but i had like i had does run almost right to me and i and i had and the thing is when the does ran in the bucks were like what the fuck's going on yeah. and they came running right behind them As you and say, then you there was those fawn distress call or like you start calling that fawn distress those does are like yeah eh, they're not they horny anymore they come tearing out. in and yeah and then there was three bucks you know totally by themselves on the other side of this creek there was it, it was two creeks and they had to go over like a ridge they were pretty far away they in a full sprint all three of them in a full sprint came running over to see what was going on and i was like i have never seen that before you know oh, it was just well, something man. i wanted to try out and i did and i you know i was thinking like if i do this too much i'm gonna have a bear come in probably but uh it was that's uh, yeah that's the it thing was with amazing in- it was amazing yeah that's the thing with calling at all. Like, if you're using yeah, you're gonna, too many you're gonna get, cow I mean, calls. You're going to get predators. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. 
Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. That's the one thing, dude, I'm really excited about. I got a buddy coming into town. Uh, he's never, never hunted before. And uh, I'm taking him spring bear hunting. We, oh, nice. Uh, he was supposed to originally come in in January. We we're going to go duck hunting, which a little easier intro. But uh, he ended up having to push it back. And I'm like, well, we got spring bear. And I'm like, we could do spring turkey, but we're going to do it. Let's, do, yeah. let's go shoot a bear. And so I'm, I'm super excited for, uh, for spring bear season. Um, the pressure's on for me a little bit because I want to make sure he goes in and at least has a good time. We see animals, so I'm, Is I'm it getting like all a, the... Are you doing like a spot and stock? Or are you putting bait? What is... Uh, I don't, you, we can can't you, bait can Montana. You can't bait, okay, I keep thinking. Idaho, but, you can though, yeah? Right next door. I yeah, you think can. so. Yeah. I think. Um, but uh, actually, that may not be a bad idea. We can drive over to Idaho. Yeah. No, um, we're, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get cameras out and we're going we're gonna to do like still a... still do cameras there? Say again? Said Montana can still do cameras? Yeah, we can do cameras. You can't effectively, it's worded a little unclearly, and I got to double check all the regs, but you effectively can't use them to hunt. So, like, I can't have a cell camera out and then, like, check it, check it at the bottom of the trail and, like, decide to go to that camera. Um, so you're just using it to observe wildlife, basically. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm using it to scout, basically, initially. Uh, like you can't use it like effectively like the day you're hunting. Let's just yeah. call it that. To, which if they'd said that, that would be more clear. But to be safe, I'm just not gonna. You know, if I'm if I'm out in the field, I'm not pulling trail cam pictures. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I you know I have to I have to up myself on the regs again because they change. You know how they change. But um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the cams out so I can use them to scowl. Like I I want to make sure he has a good time. You know, this is his vacation. He doesn't take vacations, mm. and the fact like he's coming up to hunt with me that's a huge honor for me. Yeah, that's cool. Like um, you know he's a good buddy, and I've I want to shoot a bear too. I mean Montana's like spot and stuff. Just just going on a hike when I was in Bozeman. I was in Bozeman for well I was there for for Ryan Lampers thing and uh, like while I was, I was there a couple days before it I mean just going up for a hike you know I, I, I went up probably saw six bears you know one grizzly but I mean there's black bears everywhere yeah I mean, it just seems like they're everywhere yeah. so you know this you know just, just seems to be all over the place it's great you know there's a lot of good spots to go spot and stock in that area and oh, yeah. up, I, I mean I, I know that uh and Idaho, like northern Idaho, like I have, I have friends that live up there. You know, they see bears constantly, you know, just constantly. As long as you don't get too thick, and then it's just the bears are there. Even California bears, you know, even though they want to get rid of the hunting there. Oh, um, another, but another the bears are there. They're society. everywhere. You know, they're just, they're just so many. They're in everybody's pool. They're, you know, they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they're there. Well, you see all these videos online. Yeah, now about bears coming in, grabbing, grabbing people's dogs now. And oh, yeah. It's just a bear being a bear. But no, bear populations are in danger, Samson. Didn't you know that? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Oh, this man. expo is already starting to rub me the wrong way. <laughs> so I'll, I might as well just come out and say it so I can vent a little bit. So, like, coming in this morning so that, you know, everything was kind of slow and everything coming coming in, just the, the employees 
you know, the people that work for not, they're they're not part of our industry. They work for the they, center. They work not. for the, they work here, and they're just like, oh, those poor animals. Or there's a bunch of just, it's just a room full of dead animals. They just don't understand like the conservation part of it, yeah. or the fact that like, you know, like the, the bear was a big topic for one lady, and she just doesn't understand like a, you know, how many deer that bear probably is, you know, deer and, and calves and everything else that they take out. They, most people don't understand a bear's. A, a meat predator, like mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of them, and 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 if they knew how they did it, I mean, that would probably be you know, if they're they're mad at baby killers, that would be the number one baby killer, really. Um, but you know, it's them just being them, but you know, and then just talking to talk to a biologist for five minutes, lady. Oh, yeah. You know, that's all you got to know is understand that like we don't just wipe out animals. I mean, if we if if we did what they thought we did, there wouldn't be any animals left. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we put more animals here than anybody else. Like, you know, we bring, we bring, we brought elk back from damn near extinction. Elk, pronghorn, whitetail. Like you can't drive 10 feet without hitting a whitetail deer on the East coast. Wood ducks, wild turkey. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But they only worry about that one, you know, that one animal. When some, somebody told me one time, and it, it just makes the mindset clear, and it makes a lot of sense. The, like, animal rights activists, they are, and hunters, we're both passionate about animals. We both have that in common. But the difference is, us as hunters, we are passionate about the species. Yeah. The animal rights activists are passionate about that specific animal right there. It's like. True. Yeah. It's like the difference of I was I was getting into it with someone on Instagram or TikTok or something, and she's like, "Oh, you know, blah blah blah. We're we're all part of it. It's shared consciousness and this and that. And how dare you kill animals? And you better not go out at night anymore. And this and that." I'm like, and I go, I, it was on a buddy's page, and I responded to a comment, and you know, just the same thing I say to everyone. I'm like, "Listen, this is what hunters do." What do you actually do other than bitch on? Do you do you actually do any hands-on conservation work and this and that? And she's like, well, I I volunteer for an animal rescue and I'm planning on buying buying land and starting my own like animal. I'm like, I'm like, okay. My response was okay. Like, how much wildlife habitat have you restored? So so what you're gonna do is destroy more habitat. In order to build cages to put these animals yep. in to save one specific animal, you're going to destroy habitat for countless other animals. Yep. That's that's your plan? That really, and it just illustrates, like, yeah. that specific animal is important to me. Not the species, that specific animal. Well, here, take here's your animal. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> like, here, take take this one go, animal with you. Go put it in go, your backyard. And go, go start your whatever you're going to start. Yeah. Here, I will not shoot that black bear. You go, you go take it. Yeah. You keep it in your backyard as a pet. See how your dogs agree with it, and I'll go take care of the rest. Well, of I mean, it's like when we were talking to Ryan Lampers earlier, and we were, you know, talking about just, mm-hmm. you know, him and I were talking about a lot of stuff before he walked up. But you know, just the fact that it, it, it it's just that they, the education is just not there, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I, I firmly believe that you don't. Your focus as a hunter, or even you know, an outdoorsman, like putting putting any effort towards like anti-hunters is a waste of time. You're never yeah. going to change the, their mind. They're entitled to their their opinion, just like anybody else. But you're not going to change their mind. So what's the point of that? You know, and the, and you know, 
between hunters and non you know and anti hunters not non hunters but anti we're probably 10% of the population that 90% are people that are they don't really have an opinion until they're swayed a certain direction mm-hmm. so you know there's been a lot of stuff going on in the media lately talking about you know how how we present ourselves everything else that, that there's a lot of validity to that because you know those people don't have they they don't know it's the same thing as the people that work in this building they are normal they are the normal they're the 90% yep. that didn't have an opinion until they walked in and maybe maybe a stuffed bear gave them now it might give them an opinion one way or the other to you know her her just seeing a bear stuffed she's like that poor bear but maybe 5 minutes later somebody walks by and explains to her like how conservation works and how you know that 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 bear was taken out cuz there was too many of them they were killing each other whatever whatever mm-hmm. it may be but you know that's normally the case cuz there's I know I know the tags aren't that easy to get in some areas now because the population has gone down so it's not like we're just going on a killing spree but if people were educated you know that 90% gets educated then it would sway you know it would sway in our favor a lot more than it does it, and it doesn't yeah. i mean we we are constantly getting as a whole we are getting our butts kicked because of multiple things like that that opinion or you know the guy riding around in you know city with the deer in the back of his truck you know even though i've i've i haven't seen that i don't think that no no but i'm I sure mean, it happens because people talk about it but i i haven't seen it i'm sure it happens but i guess they're just trying to you know say that mentality or the guys that are like they got a you know bunch of beer cans in the back and they're shooting from the vehicle i have seen that um <laughs> not in not on the west coast really too much yeah. but um, but I have seen, I mean, I, and I can see how people portray that. But, you know, anytime a hunter is in a Disney movie, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Or anytime, you know, in a lot of movies, you know, the hunter is a bad guy. So people are just being swayed. And the thing is, is the people that are watching that and they're voting for, you know, something comes up like, let's not hunt bears. And like, yeah, save the, you know, we're, we're saying, okay, you know, it's a, there's a conservation and everything else. All the other all the anti-hunter has to do is put a picture of some Disney character that's a bear and be like, mm-hmm. save the bears, and boom, they got them. So, it's, you know, you have to be almost... M- our marketing has to be a lot better, and our, well, the, like, the way we go about it needs to be a lot better. What we were talking about earlier is we're really great at sniffing each other's buttholes. Like, yeah, but we're, telling a lot of people we, sit on their hands. Wow, your farts smell like roses. You know, exactly. it's like we everybody talk to, to each other. Everybody wants to come here to an expo and size each other up on how far they can shoot or what tag they drew or how big their animal was, but no one ever really wants to size up the non-hunter or, or, or even just spend that effort on just educating a non-hunter. Like, you, you, you're, you're educating a non-hunter by having a non-hunter come up and you're taking them hunting. Yep. Like you're introducing, like, you know, there should be a goal. Introduce one person a year, at least, a minimum, and get them into hunting. You know, and or just at least get them to understand it. You know, there's a lot of people that, I mean, we talked about that too earlier. We're talking about how I used to share an office with not a vegan, a super vegan, like somebody that was, you know, the biggest, we, we call them biggest vegan in Los Angeles. Is it, are we, are we talking about, let me, yeah. See, I never knew he was a, a vegan and because he was the, okay. So I think I bitched to you about it uh-huh. over text one time because you know, he and I were Facebook friends. He and I always got along very well. Yeah. Like, he and I were great buddies. And then he posts something about that organ hunter that had gotten killed. He had uh, made a, taken it, not a great shot on an elk, and he went and tracked it, and then the elk gored him to death, and then the elk died, too. Yeah. Um, and he had posted up on Facebook, uh, he's like, oh, good. Yeah. You know, oh, something like that. That's what he gets. And, uh, yeah, like, that's what he gets, something like that. And I responded, and... 
And I was like, what do you mean by good? He's like, oh, you know, people that do that kind of data. I'm like, so what, you, you think I deserve to die? And then it got, and then, of course, all his little Facebook friends and his hippie Facebook friends come in. And, uh, and, I, and I, I let that one go after a while because yeah. I was like, when well, I realized. it's the same thing. It's like, you can only do so much. Because I, I went through and I'm like, hey, listen, this is how it works and this is what he does. And I'm like, you know, you're acting like this guy is a villain for doing this, but he's done more for wildlife. And then their response is, oh, you know, nice internet research and da 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 da. Oh, look, I pasted a bunch of irrelevant facts from the internet. And yep. you know, you don't belong in the woods and this and that. And well, that that's the part. Is like it doesn't it doesn't matter how much yeah. data you have behind it. When you get to that level of person, it just you. Just let it go. Yeah. Let I it. was I was really tempted. One of the people talking crap was a, she was a full on, you could tell she was educated by the world kind mm-hmm. of person. She was a, she had two kids and they were all surfers and she was the one like talking a lot of crap about like, oh, you don't belong in the woods. Like there's lots of ways to die. And I was like this close to being like, okay, well, when one of your child, children gets pulled down by a shark and gets his leg chomped off, yeah. I'm going to call you up and I'm going to laugh at your ass because that's because exi- you don't belong in the ocean. You know, yeah. I was that tempted to write something like that. And I, I, that's when I just let it go because that, that's when it devolves into very poor decisions. But yeah, that I think it was like a month later I just removed him because yeah. he, he started hopping on my post then and talking like well, see, and that's the other thing aggressive like a, shit. Like, they're they're going to put that much effort in it? Like, really? You know? Yeah, but I've never, I've never really let. If somebody has an opinion about it, I have had people completely like, I don't like you because you're hunting. I'm like, cool, you yep. know that. That's well. I mean, it, it's your opinion. I get that, and you do what you do. I do what I do. You know, and I, I'm not even gonna. Ju- I don't care what you do. I'm not gonna judge you for golfing or whatever it is. Yeah. Right, you know, if you really care about animals, like tear your house down, build some tree, you know, plant some trees, and go live somewhere else. Like habitat is taking out more animals than any, lack of habitat yep. taking out more animals than anything else. So quit building a bunch of you know, quit building homes. Go you know, don't stop doing using you know concrete. Yep. You know, and they no one wants to do you know that's the whole thing is like oh I'm not going to give up. You know, we we knew a lot of people in Hollywood and L.A. and everything else, and they are like, you know, they consider themselves animal activists. But then they go back to their big giant mansion, where they have, oh, yeah. where they're, they're lawn guys, you know, killing gophers and killing all kinds. Of, any animal and that's on my property, get rid of, but save those other animals. We've been to a lot of those guys' houses, I know. and they are not like this. Is not like somebody that just bought a condo in a building in the middle of a city. No, this is like a sprawling manse yeah. out in the middle of like the wilderness, yeah. like up on a hill. Well, you know, we know that's a couple destroyed. That, we know a couple that complain about hunting and have bear rugs in their house really? yeah so that, like there's there's a few that are I, I thought was fairly amusing that you know oh i'm like gosh. is this fake no no it's real and i'm just dumbfounded, like thinking like all those times you're giving me a hard time about you know those poor animals Jeez. you have a bear rug in your house which i would i would take gladly because it's pretty awesome bear rug <laughs> Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Well, man, um, so say, you know, say whatever. You're working a job, 
and uh, you know, some guy sitting across the table from you notices you're wearing a, a camo puffy, and uh, you know he approaches you in your office and says, "Hey, because because that's such a far off uh, yeah, far off never situation happens. that could never happen." Um, you know, he comes up to you and says, "Hey, man, you know, like I've always kind of wanted to hunt, but I didn't grow up with it. I don't like know anyone that does it. Like, how? What? I don't." I don't know. It's like there's a lot to learn. It's a little intimidating. I don't know if it's for me. What should I do? Like, what what kind of advice would you give someone like that or words of wisdom? So, it, and, and I've had this. I mean, obviously, I've had this happen, but <laughs> I, I have this happen a lot. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, and, and sometimes it's people have, have, have found me. And maybe it's because, you know, where, well, where we used to live, you don't live anymore, but where we used to live, there, you know, hunters were few and far between. There's a lot of hunters in California, but in Southern California, in the music industry, in the festival world, not a lot. You know, yeah. probably a handful. It's weird when you do a country show and you have a camp. You know, one of the artists comes in, he has a Kuyu wrapped trailer, yeah. and they don't understand what that means. They just think it's funny, you know, some funny pattern. And we were like, we get excited. Um, good old, good old John party. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> that dude's tall. Yeah. Um, or I have to take away all Guy Fury's uh, ammo from his vehicle, you know, when he came <laughs> oh in. So kind of then give it back to him later, <laughs> and then find out that all the, you know, well, all the meat came for, you know, from Texas from the hunt he came on the way there. But, um, but you know, I, I normally get like a feel, like like how serious are they? You know, or do they? Is this something that they're just kind of feeling the waters, or no. do, is something they're really really going to do? And somebody that's like kind of on the fence. Send them some sites and podcasts. I, I did that with you as well. Yeah. But but the ones that are like, I know I want to do this. I just don't know where to start. The first thing I do is like hunter safety. Yeah. I just start there because they're going to need it anyway. Like like just start there, and that's going to get you used to you know at least the the you get the first grade of firearm. That's about probably about it. But yeah. at least you you kind of get a feel and you you want, and if they put that kind of effort because you got to do the class and then you got to show up. Yeah, well, if they some, take, some actually money. take the time to do that, and then, that shows yeah. you a lot so about it. So when they come back from there, then we start looking at, like, okay, you know, and I and I don't I don't hide anything. I literally lay it out. I'll lay, even lay out my hunt plans. I'm like, look, like, you know, there's 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 some extremes. There's there's different ways you can go about this. There's the, I don't know what I'm doing, DIY. I'm going to do it on a budget and go as cheap as possible. I'm going to borrow everything that I need. I mean, that, which is a possibility. There's guided, there's self-guided, there's, you know, I, I, I've, I go through everything. I've literally broken it all down and say, like, how far do you want to take this? Or is there a particular, you know, is there, what, why? You know, because usually the why is more than anything else. Sometimes they're like, well, you know, my buddy went deer hunting and he came back. I thought that was cool. I, I you know, it tastes good. You know, sometimes it's about the meat. Sometimes it's, you know, I, I think everybody is kind of a trophy hunter in their mind of, like, you know, there's two bucks standing there. One's got a big rack. The one with the big rack usually gets shot. In my case, one the biggest chest. You know, depends on how big they are. Usually get shot. Um, can't eat the antlers, so you know <laughs> that kind of thing. But you know, it's it's if they get past that point of getting their hunter safety, and then we just start looking. Like normally, starting wherever their home state is. You know, hunt, hunt at home is cheap. You don't have to pay as much, and then start looking at like you know maybe some over the counter. Even though there's not really a lot of over the counter anymore. But yeah. You know, you know, and then weapon. You know, that's the other thing. Is because there's some people that are terrified of a firearm. They want to go hunting, and they're like, I, "I don't know if I could shoot a gun." You know, I've had a few. I've taken few to the range. Yep. And then they're, you know, 
it, a firearm is too loud and aggressive, and a bow is way too technical for them. You know, and I'm like, yeah. well, you got to figure something out. You can't just throw a rock at them. Um, so, you know, we kind of go through that. But a lot of people have, you know, they've picked up a rifle and they've, you know, or they, they borrow a rifle. So, you know, normally what it is is like we're all research junkies, you know, if we really admit it. I think that, uh, I think, you know, during like, you know, tags and draws and everything, that season is just as exciting as actually going on the hunt sometimes. So getting them involved in that even, you know, finding out, like, here's what I'm doing, you know, look at this, and literally just lay it out. Like, this costs this much, this, you know, this, if you get a tag, or you get a license, and you get a tag, and you got to pay, you know, a couple extra fees, this is how much it is to hunt an elk here. It's like $1,700 here, it's $800 here, you know, and, it, and every year it, it changes and varies, and then the draw, it's like a lotto. Why don't you explain it to people? And you're going to get people that will only go so far. Each person you talk to is like, I'm all in, I'm all in. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, that's way too much. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or, or some people are, they're down to do the tag, or even some people are down to even pay money to like get, you know, something guided or even drop camped or getting somebody to scout for them, you know. And, and pay that a couple of mm-hmm. you know a couple of thousand dollars because they know that that's going to jump them forward a little bit, um, but then they can borrow gear. You know, yeah. it just it just depends. I mean, you start with a kind of a number. I always tell people start with a number, double it, and then you'll you'll be close. Mm-hmm. You know that that's you know whatever your your drop dead. This is your minimum budget or what you think in your mind what it's going to be. Double start and double it, and then you're going to be at the bottom. Yeah, you know, of what it really, really costs, and I don't expect people to go out and buy like Sekakuyu, you know, Kafaro pack, and you know, you know, some crispy boots right off the bat. You know, you can get away with a lot of, you know, all right, go with somebody. I mean, I, 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 I go on hunts all the time with people. You know, still to this day, I was like, people get a tag. I'm like, I'll go with you. You know, that, yeah. that, it's fun. You, you, you get your reps in. That's, that's the other thing. Is like, you get time behind the glass and you learn things. I mean, there's times where. That benefited your next hunt more than, you know, you finding a deer for them, you know, yeah. you know, especially yeah. like coos deer hunting or, or some type of deer hunting where you're like trying to spot these animals and you got like, you know, four or five of you and then it's fun. You have buddies hanging out at camp or whatever. But, um, I, you know, group camps are a big thing, too. You know, I, I think that you get a tag somewhere, maybe it's a cow hunt or a spike hunt, like especially you can get a you, you, not even a non-resident can get a spike, you know, they, you can get a spike hunt here in utah every year still yeah and there's people that have these big camps and they just bring the whole families up and maybe maybe three people have a tag there's like 15 people there so you know that gets people involved because especially like successful or not then they understand it you know you come back you didn't get anything and it's not a big deal you're like learn stuff then they're not so bummed when they don't you know Mm -hmm. because you're going to eat more tags than you do elk you know (laughs) that's just a way of life let no one's no one's really that lucky um but, you know, I usually just lay it out for them. But it really, I think the key is to find out, like, the why. Like, what's the reason why you want to do this? You know, you have these, like, CrossFitters that are just like, I need the meat. You know, they're just, they're crazy. They're like, I need lean protein. I heard that this is the way to do it. You know, I'm like, well, you know, technically you could go, you know, you could go buy a cow, too. Yeah. You know, do you really want to go out and do this, you know, kind of thing? Or you have the, the Joe Rogan, you know, just wa- watching, like, Joe Rogan or, you know, just certain people, people from 0.0 that went out hunting with, you know, the Ranellas, you know, getting their feet wet kind of thing. Like, they wanted not only the experience, you know. I, people talk about why do you hunt. Like, I hunt for the hunt. I really, like, it really comes down to, like, it took, a, it took me years to figure that out. It's like, do I hunt for the meat? Yeah, but 
I could go buy I, if it was solely about meat. I could just go buy meat. I yeah. mean, I could go to a, a elk farm somewhere and buy meat. Um, do I do it because I'm just some crazy psychopathic killer and like to shoot things? Like, yeah, partially that 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 too. That I I probably check all the boxes. So technically, all those together is the hunt. Yeah, like I do it for the the, the pursuit, the chase, trying to outwit another animal. You know, if I could hunt people, I probably would. I mean, I, I just <laughs> it, you know. I have this whole theory on cannibalism being like the solver of like world pop overpopulation and you know world hunger at the same time. <laughs> that, we could save that for another podcast. That's uh, that'll that'll definitely be another podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know, it, it's uh, but that's the thing is you gotta. Some people don't know. I mean, they're, they're people are like, well, I, I just want to, I would just want to try this, or I want to go. Those are the people you just like. You know what? Here's the dates for my hunt. Jump in the truck. Let's go. Yeah. You know, just come with. You've ever been camping before? And some of them, they have it. You know, so you're just like, all right. But, I mean, all of us have extra gear. We have extra, you know, I have yeah. tents. And now the backpacks are starting to stack up and, you know, everything. I come to this show. It's dangerous. You know, I come in and buy stuff I don't even need. But ends up being beneficial for them. You know, usually what I tell them is, like, get a pair of boots that actually fit you. And start wearing them now. I did that to you. You wore yep. your boots to the office. Oh you know, yeah, I wear these boots every day. I wear Krispies every single day. I don't. Are those have, the Colorados? Yeah, I have five I pairs of these things that I need to get. Some of them resold actually, but I think I mean, I'm at five pairs. My Laponias are just. Those are your first. They're beyond the, rescues. No, or, my first were the. Uh, the guides, guides. Oh, that's right. I got the I got the Ford F three fifty. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and then that's I got the big, Laponias. Those are big boots. Yeah, I got the guides, the Laponias. Um, I got the crossovers, which I'm honestly not a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, and I've got the Colorados, yeah. which I've I've been enjoying the Colorados. They just don't break in as quick as the the leather ones yeah. do. They have a heel lock on those, right? The heels, the lock where it locks in your heel. Yeah, pretty sure it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that by far separates crispy from every other boot that i've tried it's the fact that that heel just kind of locks in yeah so it's like instantly like just locks it in especially if you tie your boots right you're you just don't get any heel rub at no all rub, I, mean, I never yeah. have any problem with heel rub i with other boots I, I uh before that i was like doing like loa tibets mm-hmm. for a while and if they even started to come loose your heel starts sliding all over the place and then you have like sock liners and you're duct taping the back of your heel and everything else but yeah uh, but yeah I, th- I, I i always start people with like their feet more than any- more than anything else because like if they're just going to go with i mean they don't really need to train with a pack as much like they just yeah. gotta get their cardio up maybe a little bit and they're going to get their butt kicked no matter what i mean they they can do the heavy pack training if they want to go up and down the hill but they might wear themselves out so much and psych themselves out to the point where they don't yeah. even want to go anymore. So just get some boots to fit and we'll, you know, borrow, find, rent, steal, whatever Big we need to do steal, to, get, to, do to get, get you, there, yeah. you know, what you need out there. And the thing is, is like, I, 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 I've had people that just go out scouting and they like, they just sit behind the glass. And then it's funny because you'll get that one person, you not in a million years, you think they'd ever find anything. And they're like, oh, there's a deer. Oh, there's a deer. And like, How? And they just, you know, maybe they have a knack for it, kind of thing. So, yeah. I, it, it, uh, I, I think that that's just, you know, that that's that's how you start. Um, sitting at home, trying to collect, you know, every piece of high end gear, and I'm not going until that happens, and I need to have the best tag ever. And you're like, it's like people that are just, you know, collecting points and not hunting. Like once you get that, once you get that coveted tag that you've been waiting 15 years for, you have zero, zero hunts under your belt. What's the point? 
you know, you're just going to go out there and not know, to, you know, yeah. get all the mistakes done on the cheap tags, over-the-counter stuff or whatever. Get all the, you know, then when the real tag comes in, you're ready to go. You're mm-hmm. like, you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just boggles my mind that people, you know, they just don't do that. But um, a lot of new, I think that that's the easiest way to ease somebody into it because they don't know what they, they don't know. They, they know the end result. They know, I want to hunt, I want an animal. They don't know anything that happens in between. Yeah. You know, they don't understand even, like, knowing their weapon, practicing with it, knowing their gear, you know, not just, like, knowing your pack, but knowing, like, how to fix stuff when you get out there and on you know, everything. Just we're constantly tweaking with everything when we're in the field and getting everything done anyway. It's like they're, they're not going to know any do They're just going to yeah. set their pack down, and if something goes wrong, they're just going to go home. You know, that's that's usually what it is. But you got to know you how to get around road systems how to drive you know you got to know that like five of the your first picks on your roads probably gonna be shut down or closed closed gates that you just wasted a half a tank of gas to get to so you know if you follow somebody along and they get to see that and observe it then and that's even another that's the next level like they go through and they see all that success or not they're going to decide like I get why you do this, and that's yeah, I get it. That's fun. It's a challenge. Don't yep. always get some, but I'm am down for that. That's what I was looking for. You get the other people are like, you know what? I thought I wanted to do this. Oh hell no, it's not happening. Like you can bring some meat over when you get done, yeah. uh, and you know, and that's cool, and that's cool too. But at least now you have a person that like they understand, respect what it takes, mm-hmm. and, and they they've already given in. Like that's not for them. It's too much for them. But when it comes down to you know. Voting the right direction, or or something comes up, like they're gonna understand that's a, it. You know, they, they're they're, gonna, they're, yeah. they're that's a non-hunting ally that you have, that you know that it comes down to. And they're just gonna, you know, maybe maybe they'll come around later on, or maybe there's something else. Like you might, you know, everybody wants to go on elk hunt right off the bat. You know, it. it, it I remember growing up that like when you you started with a 22 and you went rabbit hunting, and then you worked your way up to maybe a shotgun. And you, you know, duck hunted and small, you know, small animals. And then you worked into deer and then you worked into bigger animals. And it's like nowadays, it's like you have kids that are like, go on elk hunting. What are you talking about? I'm a sheep hunt. You know, that, that's, that's what yeah. they want. They want to they draw a sheep tag. They've never been on a hunt in their life. So it's just a little bit different mentality. And that's, I think that's the, we talk about, you know, there's not enough hunters. The hunter, hunter recruitment is going down, but we can't get enough tags like which means that there's more so i think that instead of everybody going into hunting and starting at the ground level and working their way up giving time for all that to kind of come to fruition as far as like them getting a tag they're going straight into the draws they're going straight in skipping straight to the top they're skipping straight to the top and it you know it's just it's it's just not what it used to be used to be people used to get a hunting license a lot of people they would just get it like it was a okay, I might need this. Yeah, you know, or it was for hunt camp because they just did it every year. And they just you know they lived in Michigan. They're like, well, time to get a hunting license. They might yeah. not even go, but that money went into conservation and everything else. Now it's like I'm not buying it unless I get a tag. I'm not gonna, or if or if I only I'm only buying points and I know I can't draw. Like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna buy a hunting license. Like that's making that number going down, and that's that's hurting you know in the long yeah. run. Yeah, I mean, luckily we have like you know, Mule Deal Foundation and, you know, all these different people kind of putting money in, buying property and doing things, that, that's, that's helpful. But if that wasn't there, when we were on our own, we'd be, we'd be kind of screwed. You know, that's the whole thing. Is we, we would be, you know, everybody, everybody's kind of for themselves. We talked about earlier, like, we'll, we'll size each other up at a, 
at a hunt show, but then when it comes to like voicing and coming saying something to the public, we just don't. Yeah, you know, there are very few do. So, but yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge. But I it's it's something like as I get older, I get more and more like I'm I am turning into Randy Newberg. I think I'm I'm getting to the point where I want to pick fights. I, I'm choosing my fights, but I I definitely want to pick some more fights. I, I literally <laughs> want to like fight for I want my. I'm fighting for my sons to be able to hunt when they get to, to that age. That's where it comes down to. And, you know, if I don't do it, you know, no one else does it, then it's going to be gone. It'll yeah. just be gone. So that's where I'm at right now. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we finally got to... We've kind of been talking about this for, like, the past three know, years. Right? Yeah. We, like, we, we constantly... Like, there's been times where you're, like, you're, you're uh, doing a podcast with somebody and, I, and my wife and I will walk by and then we won't see each other for the rest of the day. Yeah. And yeah. then the next day we'll see each other like, oh yeah, maybe later. And then, you know. That's why this time the second I saw you, I'm like, we're going to record this podcast today. <laughs> it's funny because I left the building like three times from the time you're like, okay, like maybe between this time and this time. And then like my pack was full. I had all this crap I had yeah. to go. I literally like instead of taking the car out of parking. I jumped on one of these rental scooters and I like bolted down to the hotel, which was like five blocks away. And I dropped every, I emptied everything out, and I came back. And then when I came back, I had to like do something else. And I, so, uh, but it worked out. It worked out. I'm glad. Oh, definitely glad cord. we got it done. You didn't have power yeah, cord. Yeah, didn't have the power cord. Thankful. Thankful to uh, Guy Duplanchier. Nice. Duplancher um, of Western Contours for the four triple A's. So go give him some love too. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, we did it. It's cool. Cool catching up. All right, y'all. That'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. That'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.